Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today's message comes from the New Testament reading of Philippians, as you heard a few moments ago. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, how many of you in the few hours that you have been awake this morning have done something you would consider good? And how many of you would say that you've done something good for someone else? And when we talk about doing something good for someone else, we usually call that a good work. Now, as Lutherans, we typically don't talk about good works all that much because there was a time before the Lutheran Church became the Lutheran Church and the importance of good works, especially to help one receive salvation, is one of the reasons that there is the Lutheran Church today. Yet here we are talking about good works. Why? Because the Bible talks about good works. And Paul's letter to the Philippians, which we heard part of this morning, talks about good works. Now, when we look to God's word, we don't see that good works gain us entry into heaven. They do not save us. All we have to do is look to another letter of Paul's, Ephesians, and read something like this. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not your own doing, it is the gift of God not a result of works, so that no one may boast. And that whole boasting is what Paul talks about in Philippians, or as he refers to it, putting confidence in the flesh. This is where Paul could easily say to everyone listening to him, look at me. Here is a list of my accomplishments, all the things that I am able to boast about. Here it is. Of course, this list he provides the Philippians, is his life before the road to Damascus where Jesus appears to him. So when he's looking at that part of his life, the reason that he was doing what he did was because that's what a good Pharisee, a blameless Pharisee like he was, did. Following God's law and opposing anyone who didn't follow that law was the reason that he did what he did. Because following the law, the works of the law, good works were what saved you. That was his motivation behind persecuting the Christian church until Christ entered his life, of course. So the question I want you to think about today is, what are your motivations for living the life the way you are? Or shall I say, what are your motivations for doing the things that you do? As a Christian, why do you do good works? Now, you can only look inside yourself and find that answer, and only you're truly going to know the motivations behind it. Maybe you've never had to think about it before. Maybe you know exactly why you do everything you do. So let's talk about some of those answers. Is it to earn the respect or approval of others? Do you do good works to make people like you? And if so, how's that going for you? I certainly want to be accepted by everybody, but does that mean I'm nice to someone just so they'll like me? I don't know. Is it to make a name for yourself? Do you want to see a plaque with your name on it, your picture in the hall of fame for whatever it is that you do, all of your good works? Do you do good work so that everyone knows how wonderful and great of a person you are? 
Is it so that other people will return the favor? You know, I scratch your back, you scratch mine. I do this good thing for you now, and later you'll do this thing for me. And what happens when that favor isn't returned? Is it because you want to make other people proud of you? Your parents? Your significant other? Your children? Is it because that's just what you're supposed to do? Someone taught you it long ago and you just never questioned why? We could probably be here all day with reasons, so let's shift a little, because in the church we can get more specific. I mean, you've heard plenty in recent months about all the volunteer opportunities and how many things there are around the church that need you to help, to serve, to do a good work in order to help things run and succeed. Take worship, for example. From greeting before the service, to leading music in the service, to serving snacks afterwards, and everything else in between. How about ministering to children, like teaching Sunday school, or vacation Bible school, or participating in one of the LAMP teams? Maybe leading in a larger role, like serving on a council, heading up a board. These are easy ones to pick out, but there's so many more. Why do you do it? What's your motivation behind it? Is it so that God will be proud of you? Do you want to stand before him and say, look at what I did, God? Because if we're talking about gaining someone's approval, God's approval would be the most important. Is it so that God will say to you, well done, good and faithful servant? Do you want to be in God's hall of fame? Just put yourself right there next to Abraham, or maybe even Paul. But I don't think Paul would see himself being in God's Hall of Fame, especially since he considers himself the worst of sinners. And after Paul meets Jesus on the road to Damascus, everything changes. Those things he lists in Philippians 3 are his life before his encounter with Christ. And he realizes that those motivations that he had being a Pharisee, following their laws, persecuting blasphemers, while they seemed to be correct, true, and honorable, were wrong. He thought that this was helping him earn his salvation, but he discovered that he was persecuting the one who came to give him salvation, to give him eternal life. And so he can look back on his life and say, Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. Paul tells us that all of our motivations like this are trash, garbage, rubbish. You can take all of those works and throw them away because they don't count for anything. What counts is knowing Christ Jesus, his death and resurrection and being known by him. We may think that we're wonderful, great people, especially because of all the good things we do. Luke writes, For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. We do this. We exalt ourselves. We make it about us and what we've done and why things are such a success. 
It's because of the person leading it. It's because of me. That's how we exalt ourselves. The problem is, we're not wonderful or great, no matter how hard we try to convince ourselves. If we make it about us, it's the wrong motivation, and we will be humbled. You see, we are all like Paul, the worst of sinners, and we don't deserve to be on God's wall of fame. We deserve to be in God's hall of shame for every time we sin, for every time we make it about us rather than God. We deserve punishment for our sins. We deserve death. We deserve hell. But that is exactly why Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners like you and me. And Jesus didn't do it by standing on a mountaintop and shouting to everyone about all the great things he did or by trying to win the approval or acceptance of others. In fact, what he did made those in power reject him, which was all part of God's plan. And Paul writes in Philippians 2 that what Jesus did was he humbled himself, took the form of a servant, and became obedient to death on a cross. In Jesus' obedience, he followed the law perfectly, but his good works didn't gain him anything that wasn't already his as God. However, his one great work of dying on the cross and rising from the dead gained salvation for all mankind. And for us, this changes everything because Christ changes us. We've all had an encounter with Jesus. Now, maybe it's not a blinding encounter like Paul had, but we've had it. In fact, you saw one encounter today. This morning, Jesus met grace in the waters of baptism. He has washed her clean of all her sins. He has made her righteous, not because of anything she's done, but because of his righteousness. He has given her his Holy Spirit. She has the gift of faith. And this is the same for all of us who have been baptized. We've been baptized into the death and resurrection of Jesus. And for all who believe, we have the gift of eternal life. We've been connected to Jesus. Or as John would say, Jesus is the vine and we are the branches. He then goes on to say that if we abide in Christ, we will bear fruit, good works. What kind of fruit? The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Bearing fruit, good works, the things we do, as Paul says, it's about knowing Christ and the power of his resurrection. Faith, which gives us the promise of rising from the dead when Christ returns. If the goal isn't sharing this message with others with as many people as possible, it's not the right goal. And if we're not bearing fruit, it means we're not connected to the vine. Because when we stay attached to Jesus, remain in him, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we study his word regularly, come to church and hear his word proclaimed, receive his sacraments. We are able to stay strong in our faith, and as a result, we will bear the fruit of the Spirit. We will do good works as a product of our faith. And we must remember that it is not us doing these good things, but it is the power of Christ, the vine, working in us. Because apart from him, we can do nothing. God is at work in his people so that our motivations are true, 
that we get our priorities straight. Our goals are focused on spreading the good news of Jesus. It's pointing others away from ourselves and to Christ. What matters is the eternal lives of others, that they may believe and have eternal life. Or as Paul said in Philippians, so that we do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than ourselves, so that we look not only to our own interests, but also to the interests of others. As sinners, this is not possible for us. As redeemed children of God connected to Christ, he works it in us. During the season of Lent, as we prepare for Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and Easter Sunday, and as we gather around God's word and his sacraments, we find ourselves known by God, and we count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. And now the peace of God which passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our Lord, and our Savior. Amen.